So here's the issue. Right now, there are more podcast books and information on fitness than ever. But which ones have the best information? Which ones will help you grow as a person the most? Which ones will get you to the next level in your life? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Coach Cody Smith, and this is the Create Yourself Podcast. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the show today. So today, I had the pleasure of uh, interviewing my man, uh, Coach Chronic, Karan Hawkins. Um, we're in a, we're just, it's kind of crazy because we're in this crazy time right now. Uh, at the time we recorded this, and then uh, even now doing the intro, we are locked down with COVID-19, and things are crazy. Me personally, all of my businesses have screeched to a halt as far as all the in-person stuff. And uh, Kron is pretty much seeing a lot of the same things out there. I believe he's based out of Pittsburgh. So uh, a lot of craziness going on, but it's not going to stop us from giving you guys the value. So today we talk about basically how to enhance your entire body and life through something called flowability. Kron is so insightful and, and I, you know, I should probably should go back and listen to this a few times and take notes myself just because there was so much value and information in here. Uh, we jumped into really just in, in a nutshell how to optimize your body. And uh, how to do that without doing any sort of weight training, which in some uh, circles, depending on who you were to introduce this to, that would be a little controversial. So uh, anyways, I'm excited for you guys to listen to the show today. Do me a favor, as always, go ahead and take a screenshot on your phone, tag both Karan and I in it. He is at Coach Chronic on Instagram, and I am at Coach Cody Smith. Uh, the reason why we always ask you guys to do this is because we want to expand. We want to get in more people's ears. We want to provide more people, especially right now, more people with value to progress and enhance their life. And this uh, episode will for sure do that. So again, take that screenshot on your phone, tag us both in it. And then without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get my man Karan on here. And you guys have a great uh, day. Enjoy the episode and we'll talk to you on the next one. All right, you guys. Hey, listen, welcome back to the Create Yourself Podcast. I am joined with my good friend, Karan. This is actually his second time on the podcast, um, so it's going to be good times. I actually reached out to him, uh, well, probably about two weeks ago, and I was like, Karan, man, I haven't talked to another adult uh, trainer human in a few weeks, and I'd love to have <laughs> you on. We're, we're currently in the setting of uh, COVID-19, and uh, this is just me, two coaches, talking about life. So, Karan, man, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on the show, Cody, for the second time. Um, it's a sure. pleasure and an honor to be here. Um, and to those of you listening on my show, welcome to the Chronic Lifestyle Podcast. I'm excited to be here. I'm on my guy Cody's show, um, the Create Yourself Podcast, for the second time, as I stated. And um, we're just going to chop shit up. We're going to talk about some flexibility, some of the things I've been into. Um, I want you guys to hear about some of the innovations he's been taking, because I always say, um, we still have the power to take action, even in, you know, this environment. Um, this is an opportunity. Everything's an opportunity and a lesson, something to gain. Um, even from the tragedy, um, there can be triumph. So I'm um, excited to jump in. Dude, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't have stated that even better, man. So, uh, Kron, dude, first thing, um, you know, we're talking a little bit before the show. And uh, if you guys haven't listened to the first episode that I had Kron on, you know, I think probably about a year ago now, uh, great episode. We, we, you know, we, we just, I feel like we maybe grazed the surface of like, you know, your knowledge level and stuff like that. I, like I got off that show and I was like, man, I should have dove in a little deeper with them. But, um, so if you guys want to check out that show, I don't, I forget what podcast or what episode number it is, but go back, look it up in the search engine. It's there. Um, but really like Karan, like, dude, catch me up. Where are you at right now? What have you been working on? Like, um, give us your life other than the COVID-19 nutshell. Like, give me what you've been up to the past couple months. 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, wow. So, last couple months, I've been focusing a lot on a new system that I've been implementing called uh, Flowbility. Um, I'll get to that in a bit. But I've also been working on um, self-development, personal development, and just improving myself as a human being um, in all aspects. You know, we talk about in our, our mentor group, body, mind, relationships, business. So, in all aspects and understanding how um, these all excuse me, connect in the grand scheme of things because if you're lacking in one area, it trickles into the others. Um, and for me, I was, for a while, I was lacking on myself and like focusing on um, my own internal health. I was like really going hard on business and I was really going hard on connecting with family. Then I was really going hard on, um, you know, my body, like training all the time, but I wasn't really like taking time to like, give myself mental space. A lot of this stuff started to build up and then with um, the COVID stuff, it kind of just exploded and I just needed time. And I, um, I recently lost a friend last week, um, not to COVID-19, but some other stuff. So um, a lot has happened since the last time we talked, but um, yeah, I've just been on a grind. Like every day I, I wake up like motivated as, as crap. I don't know if I can swear here. I forgot. You can cuss, you can cuss. <laughs> I, I, I told cuss. you this the first time. Cody, actually, uh, my podcast was clean until, uh, Co you know, uh, Kron and I are both mentored by uh, Cody McBroom, but uh, Cody came on the podcast and that dude was effing everything. And I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> switch it from, uh, you know, clean to. Got to go explicit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been just waking up every day um, motivated just to continue to um, improve myself because I have agency on my body and I have complete control on maintaining meat suit I walk around in every day um so some days I train twice a day like I I just I just feel so driven um so the flippability stuff itself has been something that I've been really locking in on um it is now the only thing I do I don't do traditional strength training so I don't do like traditional squats lunges push-ups you know the homework kind of stuff everyone's doing I haven't touched that stuff in a while I've been challenged to who knows how many push-ups <laughs> challenges. I'm glad those died down. Those were so damn yeah. annoying. <laughs> Everybody and their mama wanted to do push-ups. Um, so funny. Uh, but I, um, I laser focused on this uh, because it gave me something different. Previously, I was um, practicing the functional range systems, um, specifically FRC which is functional range conditioning, which focuses on joint mobility from a rotational standpoint and a capacity standpoint. And it looks at a very, like a joint by joint approach, like looking at how this joint moves and how that joint moves and how this joint moves and testing it for certain rotational capacity, basically how far can a shoulder internally and externally rotate, how far can a hip internally and externally rotate being the sort of the main drivers of hip and shoulder health. Um, and I was seeing great results with it for some time. My clients were feeling great, uh, but there was always something missing. Cause I, you know, we, we do our pills and rails, we do our cars. Um, those are just rotations of the joint and cars are basically loading both sides of the joint. Um, I think about pushing into a surface and then pulling away. Um, obviously very simplified, but that's the basics of the system. Um, and the, we were still seeing things like a little back pain. We were still seeing, things like neck pain, even though they were doing all their cars, they were doing their, their uh, you know, articulations of their joints. And I was, I was so confused. I was like, there's something missing. So then 
I started seeing this guy's name is Jordan Etner on um, on, on uh, Instagram, but he goes by Flowbility. That that's his uh, his company's name and his page's name. Um, he just reached 100 k on Instagram, so congrats to him. Um, and he was posting these weird positions that they were like these people were on the ground, like reaching their arms and doing this weird shit. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? Like, what, what, what is this? Um, but I was just, I, I looked at his highlights and I was like, what? Because there were so many, the changes I, w- I was seeing was, was different than any transformation I've ever seen. It, it, it was internally driven. Like the, the, the structure of the human being was changed. They didn't just have more muscle. They didn't just lose fat. They, their, their orientation changed, their, their residual posture changed, how they walked changed, how, how they carried themselves, how they stood, how they sat. Everything was just different. It, it wasn't like they, they got strong and, and could pick up 300 pounds. It was like they looked strong just by having like a conversation without even thinking about being strong. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I wanted that. So I invited him to my podcast, and that podcast is available. I'm still getting a lot of hits on that. Um, and I, we just chopped it up and, you know, I had all these preconceived notions about what I thought mobility was, what I thought uh, mobility training should be. And he just shattered it, completely smashed it, like mm-hmm. through, through just, just threw a knife in it. And what was so compelling was the, uh, I would say the conviction, like, and, and, and the, the, the passion and the, the research he was talking about like he was talking about holes in research he was talking about holes in application he was talking about all these things that i didn't even consider and when i looked at it the way he, he was presenting i was like oh shit you're right oh shit that, that, that is a thing um so you know i hired him right after i was like yo i, I just want to try this shit out i'm one to be able to just try something I, I i don't i don't like say you know oh this looks dumb i'm not gonna try it um so I tried it out for uh, a month, felt really good after the first session, started feeling really good after the second month. And I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to stop practicing FRC for a bit. I want to see what happens. Um, and the basic metrics to measure your progress in FRC is the ro- rotation of a joint capsule, like I said before. So specifically for the hips and shoulders, they are ball and socket joints, so they can move in all planes of motion. Um, whether that be, you know, frontal plane, sagittal, transverse, basically side to side, up and down, and then rotating. Um, and they were blown out of the water. I've been working on like specific rotation of, of my shoulder for like a year. And it, it was, it was okay. Like I could get pretty far, but I got way better results from not doing that stuff at all. And just focusing on stability of my rib cage and pelvis and then my shoulders just like opened up like, I can just you know what I mean like I, I don't I don't think about oh my gosh my, my shoulder I can just you know what I mean like I can rotate it as far as I want like I mean you're familiar with Brazilian jiu-jitsu obviously mm-hmm. if someone put me in a kimura like I'm just gonna keep going like I don't you know what I mean not tapping not tapping I'm, I'm not tapping <laughs> <laughs> so that 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 was pretty cool to see and then my hips opened up a, a, a crazy um, so I got super curious and I just kept diving into the system and it's insane, man. I've had hypertrophy. I haven't touched a weight in like four months, yeah. three months. And, and I, my lats have gotten bigger. My, my glutes have grown incredibly. Like I, I've never even understood 
for a while while it was happening. Um, now I do. Um, my, my waist is getting, getting smaller, my upper back's getting bigger. Like I'm just getting wider and longer and like, I, I just have more control. It's, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. Isn't that funny how like, you know, it, it you know, my journey is a little, obviously I'm not like really into like the mobility and the flowability work right now, but like my journey was kind of similar, right? It was very much like traditional bodybuilding. And, uh, I was actually telling a story to this, uh, telling a story about this to, uh, one of my team members earlier about like, Gosh, my life used to be walking to the gym with my gym bag. All I had in there with a towel and some shoes, hop on a treadmill five minutes, um, bench press, empty bar, 10 reps, throw some 45s on 10 reps. And then I was like, you know, and then you move on to, you know, chest day, back day, like traditionally, right? Then kind of get into CrossFit and then you do that for a little bit. And I was like, man, I'm getting a little bit better results. This is good. Probably similar to like when you found FRC, you're like, oh man, my joints are getting more mobile. Um, I'm getting great rotation. Some of my pain and my ailments are going away. Like this is something I'm attracted to. Same thing with me originally in CrossFit, right? It was like, hey, I never really had progressed in strength. My muscles weren't really growing. Uh, granted, there was like nutrition and recovery stuff issues in there as well. But uh, that was the gist of it. And then eventually you get into like, oh, wow, like there's actually, it's not good for you to do intensity 24-7. There is something better out there. Uh, and then kind of moving away from that and getting more into like, okay, so let's incorporate some functional bodybuilding things and then sprinkle in some, cr and like, then you start to make your own system. Um, but all that comes from like, uh, better feeling, right. Realizing that there's more. And then I, I'm sure a lot of that is driven by like, Hey, I want things better for my client. Cause like a good quote, a good, a good coach. And you said something there too, um, about how like staying curious. Right. right. I think like good, good coaches, uh, good leaders for that matter are always staying curious. We're always open to like, What's the next thing that I could add in to myself, or, you know, uh, or to my clients to make us better? Um, I love that, man. I love that story. So I'm super curious about, like, what would you say, you know, because people, like, people listening to this have probably never heard literally the word flowability, right? Uh, I've heard of it, obviously, because I follow you, and, and, and uh, you know, I've been in contact with you, you know, off and on for a couple of years now, but it's like, um, what would you say is, like, a, a, a fundamental principle of flowability like if you had to encompass it into like a system or a framework like what are a piece a couple pieces of that framework that could pretty much tell people what they're what we're talking about when we're having a conversation about something like flowability if i could put it to one word optimization is the word mm -hmm. okay um optimization and postural integrity so you know a lot of people discredit posture because they've been research where postures don't lead to pain um, but pain itself is a very com complex uh, notion because there's stories of people who have sustained quote unquote injuries and feeling and felt pain, but there's actually no injury itself. Um, there's a story of a guy who stepped on a rusty nail and it went through his boot and he was so convinced it like, it's just pierced his, his foot. And he was in so much pain. He was like wincing, you know, sweating emergency room they surgically removed the boot and it didn't even pierce the skin but the anticipation of the pain basically sensitized his spinal cord to sense of send a message to his his brain and that brain sent back a pain signal into his foot because it was trying to protect him from the threat of that nail i mean that, that's why we have pain it's a it's a protective mechanism it's like if you put your hand on a hot stove but didn't know it was a stove, pain is going to tell you that signal is going to say, hey, this is hot. This is going to hurt you. Get the hell out. So pain is not physical. It is it's a mental response from sensors in your body picking up 
signals of external and sometimes internal stimulus or stimuli, I should say. Um, and the brain responds by giving you a signal to get the fuck out essentially. Um, and that's how, that's how we survive. Um, that's, that's fight or flight. That's so many things, right? When you're about to get hit by a bus, don't notice it. You kind of have that spidey sense and instantly you're like three times quicker. That's, that's our survival mechanism. So pain, um, tightness, stiffness, these are all ways that the body's looking to protect you. Um, people are tight because their body is scared. Um, their brain is afraid. Your hamstrings are tight, not because you're, uh, you know, unmobile or something like that. It's because they're, they're weak. They're, they're, they're scared. The brain knows that if it gave you that, that long hamstring that you would hurt yourself. I mean, that, that's why we see pulled hamstring. That's why we see all these things. Cause when these motions are forced, the brain was like, yo, you weren't, I told you, you weren't ready. Like it's, and that's, that's a big reason why we see all these injuries. Um, so this system looks to optimize how the body maintains its structure residually and then making that process as efficient as possible. Um, it also looks to reprogram how the brain recruits muscle fibers to, you can open the, the freezer, bro. It's fine. <laughs> My roommate's next to me, like trying to be super oh, yeah. funny. <laughs> um, it, it looks to reprogram how the body, how the brain, excuse me, the central nervous system, as you know, um, fires a signal to a motor unit, which is a motor neuron and muscle fiber to create a contraction. Um, and it's trying to find the right motor units to uh, elicit these contraction responses to do the motions that we do every day, but make them super efficient. So for instance, bending over, this system is looking to um, distribute the load as you bend over to not just one place, but to multiple places to then uh, decrease the amount of mechanical stress placed upon the joints surrounding the body and put it more in the muscles. That's the problem. People's muscles aren't moving. Their joints are doing it. If you look at someone bending over and their, their low back starts to round, that means they're in lumbar flexion. But because their upper back is flat, their whole spine is flat, I know that their rib cage and pelvis are not stabilized. I also know that because their belly is big. If someone's belly is big, that means that their low back is doing a lot of work because all the tension, all the pressure is in that middle area. We see this all the time with power lifters. It's very, very difficult to maintain true core stability yeah. as a power lift. I mean, this is the nature of the sport. You're lifting seven, eight, nine hundred, you know, crazy amounts of weight. Of course, you're not going to be able to maintain true core stability. If your core is actually stable, quote unquote, it gets smaller. Because core stability means your corset, meaning your transverse abdominis, the deep core muscle that everyone um, talks about. But in my, <laughs> I don't want to be arrogant. Um, my opinion, no one's training correctly. Um, that would get small. Like that would come this way. If you look at the striations of the transverse abdominis muscle, they're, they're in the transverse plane, right? They go around like this and they, they wrap the, the, the torso. And as that muscle, to, to, to contract, that muscle it contracts laterally like this but obviously in the transverse plane so it's kind of 360 but it should go this way right meaning the waist gets smaller the rib cage and pelvis get pulled together and this whole middle becomes a coke can but the problem is people aren't coke canning they're taking a big breath and then they're holding that big structure and what happens is because there's no stability at this middle the low backs just 
doing this. It, it's a noodle. It's, it's just going back and forth. It's extending and flexing and extending and flexing. And even if you look at Michael Boyle's um, mobility and uh, stability continuum, everyone's saying low back, low back stable, low back stable, but everybody's low back is mobile. If you look at most people's deadlift, the first thing that moves is that low back. That's, the, that's one of the first things that you see move. So if the low back is supposed to be stable, that means it ain't moving because stability is preventing unwanted movement. And if you want to prevent movement at your low back, you have to be stable in your core, meaning that transverse abdominis and the internal external obliques, your SEMs in, your, in the front of your neck, your serratus, your, your lats, all that are... It's, it's, it's supposed to prevent movement in all of this low back shit so your hips can actually go into flexion and extension, but everyone's flexing and extending with their lumbar spines, and that's the biggest issue. And before people think I'm demonizing, you know, bending your low back, I'm not. It is possible to lumbar flex and extend without displacing the ribcage and pelvis, but you have to make space, and no one can do that. So a couple things in there. Number one, uh, you talked about like the, the pain receptors, right? And why they uh, essentially are alerting us that we're in pain over stiff or something like that. It's funny because I was literally just having that conversation with a client the other day and she was mentioning, we always have this conversation with, with this one in particular. And I'm sure you've had this with clients in the past too. I see it a lot with uh, the type of people that I work with from time to time, like a lot of competitive CrossFitters and stuff like that. Um, or just people who are, you know, pushing it really hard to lose fat or gain muscle. Um, but she was mentioning, you know, like, hey, I'm starting to feel this pain in, you know, um, the outside part of my ankle. And, and my, first, my, my first thing that I go to is because um, she's this type of person, too, that will typically, like, add more to whatever training is that day, right? So just up in the volume constantly. Uh, and my first conversation with her was like, look, I think you're training too much. I think the added volume, um, your body is triggering you right now to say, like, hey, we've got to back off. We've got to hold up. Because a lot of times, and I'm sure you see this, too. Uh, maybe a person even listen to this is like, Hey, I feel pain or stiffness. I need to go stretch or I need to do some mobility or you know, I need to take collagen. You know, it's always these, you know, these things that to us, it's just like, Oh, that doesn't really make sense. Um, whereas like a simple fix sometime is like, Hey, let's look at your movement patterns. Let's look at how you're bracing. Um, you know, I learned the power of uh, breath work actually going to uh, the vigor summit last year. There was a guy there that was, I forget what it's called. It's like, PRK or RPK or something like PRI, that. Posture PRI, Posture Restoration Institute. Yeah, so, but it was like essentially teaching you how to stimulate your nervous system. And he did this actually, uh, this exercise to where um, he had a girl go up on top of a bench and she was doing a simple glute bridge. Um, so he had her do a glute bridge and he leaned on her and he just pushed her down really easily, right? He's a big guy, big, strong guy. Um, you've never, I forget his name, but if you've never seen, he's just a big, giant, uh, uh, shaved head power lifter, right? Um, and he pushed her down, you know, pretty easily, but then he had her do like some sternal rubs and, um, talk to her about br uh, breathing and bracing and just really simple, you know, nothing too intricate quite yet, because what are you going to show somebody in a five minute time frame? Um, but he had her do all these things. And then she went to a glute bridge and he tried to press her down and he couldn't anymore. Um, to the point where he literally was like putting his whole weight on it. And it was the first time where this light bulb went off to like, Hey, there's a lot that, like the body is capable of so much more exactly what you're talking about. Your body is so much more capable um, than what we see on the surface, just from doing some of this mundane work. Like, um, like you're talking about teaching your brain how to fussle, how to fire your muscle fibers and Kron, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I would assume that it's probably hard to tell a power lifter or an Olympic weightlifter or a bodybuilder, like, Hey, I'm going to get you stronger, um, by actually slowing down and working on some of these mundane 
um, efforts like stretching or not stretching, but um, uh, doing some of this bracing and then teaching them simply how to do a hinge correctly. Um, have you found that hard to talk to, you know, these competitive athletes like, hey, I'm going to make your deadlift go up 150 pounds. But for the next couple of months, we're going to work on how to brace properly and how to do some of these setups properly. Um, truth be told, I don't um, really work with that clientele as much mm -hmm. anymore. Um, I definitely used to. Um, the people that I work with now, they, they kind of find me, you know what I mean? Like I, I just kind of put out feelers and they just kind of find me. Um, the people that I work with now, a lot of them are chronic pain sufferers. Um, I'm helping this one guy. Um, I'll keep him nameless for now, even though he probably wouldn't care if I shared his, his name. Um, he was in some real bad pain, man. Like, and he'd seen every single specialist you could think of the best PT, the best Cairo, you know, here's the golden rule to get you help and you know, get you healthy and moving and blah, blah, blah. When that didn't work, they were like, all right, well, you know, they held out a pamphlet that was essentially this long that said, Hey, you can't do any of these things ever again. It was like twist, bend, play with the kids, lift, blah, 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 run, jump, skateboard, whatever. It, they just said no. And they limited him to basically a bubble. And growing up, he was an athlete, like a star athlete, like moved a lot, very active lifestyle, love longboarding, love running, love doing just active stuff, basketball, wrestling, just love to play sports. And they took that away from him. Um, and they gave him no alternative. He did stem cell. He did uh, manipulations. Like I said, he did the typical clamshell group bridge combo. He did all that shit. Nothing. And the reason was because the scope was here. They were like, okay, let's look at your, 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 your back hurts. Let's, let's strengthen your low back. Oh, your knee hurts. Let's strengthen your knee. When they weren't thinking about why are these things hurting? What, why, why is this stuff in pain? What is the actual source? People are strengthening their low backs when the problem is your low back is probably already really freaking strong. Everyone's erector dominant. Like everyone uses their erectors like crazy. If you bent someone over and just looked at their low back erectors, they would go, they would just pop like crazy because the brain has learned to use the erectors to do everything. And that's the actual issue. The capacity of that just cannot maintain all the motions necessary to live human life, reaching, jumping, twisting, running, sprinting, lifting, like everything, you know what I mean? And with that continued ribcage pelvis displacement, whether it be um, the scissor effect like this, like when you see someone overhead press and their ribs are about to pop out of their chest, or if they're doing like a, um, a hip thrust and they're putting their chin on their chest and they're tucking their low back under, they're, they're, they're doing this kind of displacement where the ribcage and pelvis are going like this. So it's either this or this, right? And the focal point of all that movement, I mean, so if this is my ribcage and this is my pelvis, what's in between that? My low back, right? So all that motion is happening above and below like this, but these things aren't actually moving. They are. But like the, all the movement is happening at that low back, at that lumbar spine. Um, and that's why we see a lot of issues. So yeah. this, this guy was having a ton of those issues. And with the system that I've, I've been using, um, we use FRC first. And so, like I said, some good results, but there was, he was still having a lot of pain. Um, we started having a conversation with his brain. We said, hey, here's how we're going to do things now. You've been doing stuff this way for a really long time. We're going to do it this way now. And at first, his brain was like, oh, I don't know about that. 
that, you know, I, I, I don't really like what he's doing, but, you know, at least I know I could be safe here because all this stuff that we're doing is hard. You know, reprogramming neural patterns that have been ingrained for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, it's hard. It's like trying to pull out a barbed wire, like, like grab at a barbed wire neural network that's like, oh, no, don't, don't touch me. You know what I mean? Like these muscles are sensitive. They're, they're, they're scared. But with time and effort and time and effort, he's slowly coming back to his, his athletic roots. Um, to give you some perspective, when we first started, he couldn't look over his shoulder because he would have crazy pinching pain that would shoot down his whole arm. He couldn't really sit that long because it would just compress his low back and he would just get pain all down his legs. We're doing sprints now. Like my guy is sprinting, like full on sprinting. You know what I mean? When, when these doctors were telling him, yo, sorry, bro, you're fucked. Like, could you imagine being told you, you can never move again at 30 years old? Like, you can never train again. You can never run again, lift again, skateboard, anything, anything active. Sorry, this is out of the question. Like, he couldn't play with his fucking kids. Like, that's that could be a, That could be a two-hour rant on a, on a podcast about how yeah. that's, all, that's all screwed up. Uh, yeah. It's funny. I, I got to be careful sometimes because I can go on a rant about that all the time. You know, we get it, we get it constantly in the, in the gym here where it's, um, you know, a client has an issue and the, the fix usually is like, Hey, get this steroid shot. Um, and don't do that anymore. You know, it's just kind of ridiculous where it's like, Hey, let's try to fix that. Um, yeah. let's take a look at the whole, uh, the whole system as a whole and see what we can do. Um, so Kron, I'm super, uh, I'm super curious, man. Like, um, how long does a session like this last, right? Like when you're doing something like probability, like what, how does that last? Um, and what does a, a typical session look like? Like, a, you know, we, you know, in, in the type of training that, um, I do, you know, I have a framework to where it's like, you know, warm up, activate, go through your compounds, right. Et cetera, et cetera. But for flowability, that's something, um, I look at that as like something that's very polar, right. There's a lot of polarity around that word and what you're talking about right now. And people may be listening to this right now. Um, not so much your audience, cause I'm sure you've been talking about it for, you know, probably the better part of a, a year or so that I've seen you kind of doing it and implementing it. Um, but for my audience in particular, like, let's say, you know, they wanted to do this, like how much time are they looking at? And like, what does the session look like for them? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, I would say it depends on the intention. Okay. Um, being, being completely honest, I think everyone needs to hit the reset button and stop lifting. That's, that's, that's the, the cold and honest truth. Um, I know 99% of people listening, if they decide to implement flowability, won't do that at first. And you know, that's okay. Um, this stuff is still very viable, even if you don't press the reset button, but you really get the benefits when you press the reset button and I'll explain why. So the brain is going to learn what you give it the most of. You've been giving it your current stuff for however long you've been alive. Since, since you were born and, and started growing up, the body is adapting, right? You're, when a baby is born, it's like reaching everywhere, looking everywhere, because it's like, what the fuck? It's trying to learn. Right? It's just like, what the fuck is going on? What is all this? This is why babies are like, oh my God, holy shit. There's just so much stimuli, right? It's everything, lights, uh, air, people talking, people grabbing, like there's just so much stuff, right? Um, and as a baby grows, it learns to, to do things by exploring, right? But when a baby wants to reach for something, it can't rely on strength. They're weak. They're just born, right? So they have to be super efficient. They have to use full extension of their scapula 
into their arm and into, into like internally rotate, like grabbing to its full capability. When, when, when they're sitting, they have to be very, very, very efficient. So that's why babies, their deep squats are like godlike because they have to yeah. be, you know, babies learn how to move because if they don't do it the right way, it doesn't work. Like the, they have to be as efficient as possible. If you look at how a, a baby sits, how it, how it stands, when it's, um, there's a, a document called Babies on Netflix. It's a really great visual of a baby breastfeeding and it's, it's all like this and it's, and it's upper back. Like it's the, the, the spinal curve that is natural to a, a, a spine is there. If you see most people when they lift, spine looks like this. And, and, and we preach flat back all the time. I did it too for years. I was like, flat back, flat back, flat back, flat back. Neutral spine, flat back, neutral spine. But what is neutral spine? Is it a flat back? It's not. Look, let's, let's, let's ponder on this. If my spine is in its neutral position, a spine is naturally kyphotic or rounded in the upper back and naturally lordotic in the lower back, extended or under curved like this. Think of a upside down C and then a, a you know, other side C. So basically like this and like this, right? If, if people can see visual. If my spine is flat like this, what the hell's going on? Something ain't right. Your spine ain't meant to be flat. It's meant to be like this. So if we know that the spine in neutral position is like this, flat back ain't neutral spine. See, what's happening um, is people's spines are flexing really low, really low, like sacrum low sometimes. Mm -hmm. Usually it's like lumbar. So if we look, this is the whole spine, this is the head, and then this is the whole spine. Their flexion is usually like around here. Oh yeah. So like L5, S1, that's where most people get hurt, right? L5, S1, I heard that, I've heard that like 20 billion times. You, you, yeah. You, you, you yeah. like never hear L1, like you never hear that around the TL junction, you never hear that. And for people who don't know what that is, that's the thoracic uh, lumbo junction, basically where the thoracic spine, upper back and the lower back meet. It's that, that meeting point where the curves kind of intersect each other. Um, you never hear that or L2, you never hear that. I mean, and it's obviously in some rare cases you do, but usually it's L5S1, L5S1, L5S1. That is the area that is usually being worked the most. That is the area that's going like this. It's doing all the, uh, flex it, flexing and extending. And when someone deadlifts, you really see that because flat, 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 flat. And if you look at their butt, it's down. It's like this. It, it, this is what their spine looks like. It's like flat, and then this is their butt. It's here, right? So if they were actually in their natural lordotic curve in their lower back, it looked like this. That's what it would look like. The butt would be up and the hand and the uh, the low back would be curved like this. But if you think about it, if this is that L5S1 area, watch what happens when my butt goes down. It's gonna pull my spine. Right? So it should be like this, but because that L5S1 gets pulled, and now it's flat. So that's what I've I've been studying posture like nobody's business. I've looked at thousands of photos. I've been I've been obsessed, like addicted to just I don't look at, when I look at, I'm gonna sound like a crazy person. When I look at Instagram nowadays, I don't give a fuck what anybody's doing with like training. I'm, I'm looking at how they're moving. Like what's doing the movement? They're saying this, but what is actually happening? A lot of people are, are um, talking about like 
um, thoracic mobility, you're talking about thoracic extension, thoracic flexion. But when I look at their spine, their, their T-spine is flat. What I see a lot of is like their, their uh, TL junction again, or I talked about where they meet is rounded, but then this is flat. It'll be like this. Where like basically everything above like, I don't know, like T, I'd say like T10 is like just flat and their lower back is curved. And so I know that's a really long rant. Um, I didn't even answer your question. Um, no. but I, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get people to understand what I'm looking at and trying to see yeah. what I see. Um, but to answer your question, um, a session I usually go for, I go for half an hour. And um, we just start with the basics, just learning how to breathe. Everyone is breathing through their bellies and through their chests. And for warming up, belly breathing is fine. Um, but when we're active, you don't want to be breathing in your belly. Because if you think about what belly breathing is, if you're, if you're pulling your belly like this, your TVA, all that shit's pulling, rib cage is going with it, that low back's going to follow. When, when we talked about earlier, when the, um, anybody, it doesn't have to be power lifters, but when their belly is big, like, you better believe that lumbar is following and they're extending their lumbar spine. And you can see, so if I pull my low back this way, my upper back's going to follow. And now it's, all the extension is here. This is flat, right? Um, but we just work on breathing, um, learning how to really engage the uh, transverse abdominis through breathing, um, teaching them that. They don't have to engage their core anymore. They can blow, exhale, and the core will be engaged through breathing. When you improve how you breathe and the, uh, I would say, how long you can exhale, how, how, how powerful your exhale is, and just like being able to maintain that stability, not by squeezing, but by continuing to blow and then redirect where your air goes, that's when you have true stability. If you look at um, a lot of, a lot of my, my videos, I'm blowing like crazy. Like it's probably annoying, especially in my stories. Just it's just blowing. Um, and when you, when I when I do that, you can see my waist goes like this. It gets really small, and that's that TVA pulling from both sides to make my waist small. And then I want to keep that small while my my hips move. So it should be like this. You know what I mean? The butt is doing, the hips are doing all the work while the lumbar stays stable. So that, that's, that, that's my, my goal with a lot of that. And um, after that, so once we get their brain locked into to, um, stability at the middle, then we just, we strengthen the glutes from there, teaching them how not to dominate um, with their glute max because everyone's dominating. They're stabilizing with their glute max, they're extending with their glute max, which isn't an issue if you're doing something highly explosive, like a sprint, or, or jump, you know what I mean? Something that's like, it's a very ATP PC dominant, that, that kind of energy system yeah. exercise activity. Um, but if you're just like walking or running or doing lunges, like your, your glute max shouldn't be extending. Cause what happens is they lose that stability at the middle. So they go like this and it, it just dumps into their low back here. So the, the glute max tucks under, especially in hip thrust, you see this a lot. Um, it tucks and then this this part here right here rounds displacement of the ribcage pelvis and then you see issues later on just postural issues people are hypersending their knees which is making their back go like this and it's it's a mess yeah so um so a lot of coaches are probably listening to this right now like we, i got a, a bunch of coaches and, and and gym owners that listen to this really like um if they're a good coach and this is me challenging you guys if you're listening right now and you're not getting fired up about this stuff like 
Uh, I know Karan does this all the time and I watch all of his videos and I follow him and I'm just getting fired up because of how passionate he is about it. But if you guys are listening to this right now, um, I'm sure the question on your mind is like, where do I even start? Like for, you know, so two part question, really, yeah. what is the, where does that coach that listens to this right now, where do they go to one, start to learn this? And I, I would also love your opinion on this. And this is for all selfish reasons. And I told you this before we hopped on, Yeah. like, you know, could, a, could, could gym owners and coaches who um, want to bring this to their clients, is it possible? Like maybe they don't want to take and, you know, like, Hey, let's hit the reset button. Maybe they want to just sprinkle some of this on and more like do like a bolt on. Like, is it possible to implement this? And where does where does somebody go and start to learn this type of system? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right, where do I start? So, uh, we've been <laughs> uh, we've been giving out a free mini series to everybody, yeah. um, and I can give you that for the yeah. Get that to notes. me. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great, simple breath. Um, core and glute series to help you just start to learn some of the principles. We've had a ton of people doing it, feeling freaking amazing. Um, and then eventually they just want to train with us. They want to, they want to learn the system more. Um, and that would be, I, I would say anybody start, whether you're a coach or not. Um, the best way to learn this shit is just to do it. Um, there's so, there's so much, that I don't see anybody really teaching this for a really long time. I'm um, Jordan and then myself, Jordan's the, the uh, creator of Flability. We're working on a certification um, to like be able to, mm. in a systematic approach, because he's learned this for years, like fucking six years. You know what I mean? Like he's been yeah. doing this for a really long time, learning Nine the in. system. So, like he's not going to compress it to a weekend. He's not even going to compress it. It's going to be like fucking journey so we're going to be looking for like really dedicated people who are going to really like go hard and commit you know what i mean i've been committing 100 percent for like seven eight months and i mean my my progress pictures i i couldn't even believe what i was looking at because like when i posted that progress picture, i don't know if you saw a while ago yeah I saw. um i wasn't trying to post it I was just looking through my phone for, for old posts to like, you know, put up for content. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, what the hell? Like I looked at my lats and I was like, what? Did they- what are those? Seriously. <laughs> I was like, what, what are those? And you know, it just happened. So, I mean, um, that's going to be the biggest thing. And besides that, just go to Flowability's page and just do a deep fucking dive. This man puts out, he puts out so much stuff, so much stuff. And we're, we're being um, like specifically, uh, how do I rephrase this? We're taking it slow. You know what I mean? Like th- th- there's, there's no rush with any of this. We're not trying to be like, not trying to be like, yeah, we're, we're the best. Fuck everybody else. Like that's not, that's not our MO at all. We're just like taking it slow, just kind of watching and just working on our craft, just trying to get better every day. And if people want to come through and, and join and learn, then we're down. But we're not going to shove this shit down people's throats as passionate as I was before. That That's just what I kind of hold in my head. But if someone asks me, I'm going to say, you know what I mean? I'm not yeah. going to hold back. Um, but yeah, just go on his page, look at every single post, look at his, um, his entire highlight section. He has theory, lab, um, clients, before and after pictures, the- like, uh, explanations on what he's doing. He's currently getting a PhD. So we're going to be getting some research going eventually. Like 
There's so many things in the works right now that, again, we're just taking our time, going really slow. I just started working with him um, officially like a, maybe a month or two ago. But we've been in contact since the podcast. So we've really hit it off. We really connected. Um, but, yeah, I am, I'm working with him um, in, in his company as a partner. So um, I am officially, you know, with Flability uh, as a representative and spokesperson. Um, so I'm just kind of spreading the, the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of I have a follow up question with that too. So yeah. um, I know so many times, and, and for me, like when I've implemented something else or implemented one thing, um, expecting one outcome, something else happened. Uh, yeah. This has happened for me in marketing. This has happened for me in uh, gym ownership. Like, you know what I mean? Like all these different uh, journeys. I'll be like, hey, I'm gonna do this thing, and I'm gonna get this outcome, but something else happened. Um, so when you started doing, you know, a system like Flowbility. Was there anything that happened that like you didn't expect that was, you know, it could be, you know, it could be either be a positive or a negative, like, give me like one of the biggest things that happened for you where you're like, Oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> uh, man, it's a lot. It's uh, the first biggest thing that happened um, where I was like, Oh shit, this is serious. Like this is really changing. Um, the very first session, man, we just did some breath work and I was just like, Whoa, like I felt light. I was like, Whoa, shit. Like I just, my whole body was like, I, I, you know, I'm a dancer. So I just started dancing. I was like, oh, my God, I, I have so much control. Um, so from the very first session, I felt different. Um, but I would also say that I'm fairly uh, in tune with my body from dancing for, you know, 15 years, from training for five to eight years. I don't remember exactly what that number is. It's probably like six or seven. Um, from training other people, seeing other people. So I'm, I'm very aware where my body is in space. This is maybe like 10 times as aware which is crazy because I was pretty understanding of my body before, but now with the system and learning from him every day and just him sending me things and just talking, like, wow, like, holy shit. Like my brain is just eating all this up. Um, so after month two, when I stopped, you know, I did the FRC experiment and my shoulders were doing whatever I wanted and my hips were doing whatever I wanted. Like I could, I could feel my spine and my scapula, like, I could understand where they were in space and really manipulate them how I wanted without just sitting there going like this. That's when it was a game changer. And keep in mind, I was still lifting for a while. Like I was still lifting five times a week. I was still, you know, deadlifting. I was still squatting. I was doing all the same shit that everyone else does. Um, but I was still seeing issues. And he was like slowly feeding me like, hey, you know, like, press that reset button and shit don't change i'm telling you like you know just press that reset button but i was like ah man i, I could do both watch I'm, I'm gonna prove you wrong i could do both sure enough you know it's been what's today today is april i started back in i want to say either september or october so one two three four five six seven eight months later i ain't look back yeah that's awesome man um so I'm curious with this too. Um, you know, a lot of times there's like a, you know, when I discovered FRC, when I discovered uh, like yoga flows and these different things that uh, for me created polarity in my particular audience and who I coach and <clears throat> the type of people that I deal with every day. When I find these things that to me are super exciting and I go and I implement them right away, um, from time to time I'm met with resistance from clients because like, hey, this is, that's too different. And that like, I like to think of like, uh, 
like we all have this vision, right? Of like how we picture life and how things should be. Like that's our life blueprint or that's our blueprint of how we think about things. And then every once in a while you hear something like flowability that comes along. And for us as coaches who, uh, you know, we, we stay curious, we keep that white band mentality or um, what I like to say, we stay dumb, right? Yeah. How does, you know, when we implement these things with our clients and they get resistance, it's because it doesn't master blueprint. So right. for you, like, what would you say is the hardest part that you would see any coach or any person look into like, Hey, I, you know, you talked about like, it's going to take a while before anybody could teach this, but let's say that work is done. And they're like, Hey, I want to try to implement some of this system into what I'm doing right now. Like what type, like, what is the hardest part of doing that, that you see for coaches? Um, I mean, I, I can speak from experience right now. I have some clients that are fighting me tooth and nail um, with some of this stuff. Um, but when, when I get them on the phone and I'm in a session and they feel it, like, Oh shit. Like I've never felt my glutes like that. I've never felt my core like that. I've never felt my hamstrings like that. And we ain't touch a weight. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's getting the client to feel that intensity that they would feel, um, from let's say deadlifting and PRing, right. Um, it's sort of redefining what, PR is redefining what intensity is, redefining what volume is, um, you know, the, the, the traditional uh, hypertrophy equation, the traditional, you know, uh, volume, intensity, frequency equation, and reformatting it to something that's more viable, given especially what, what everyone's going through. Um, you know, once they get, they feel that, they want more, and they get addicted. Like I, um, I get someone like one session. Cause I, I did a bunch of free sessions. I probably did like 40 to 50 free sessions. Um, I'm sorry, uh, 30 to 40 free sessions. Um, like I think a month ago and I yeah. was getting, I was doing calls with people in Spain, Italy, Germany, Hungary, France, uh, Argentina, Chile, like all over the world. And they were, and, all of them. Holy crap. Never felt this before. That was crazy. Like super intense. And all we did was just breathe and do some bridges, but it was the way we were doing it and, and the difference. And, and it, it was a spine conscious movement, right? Because when you take away the dependency of the low back and actually have to use the hips, game changer, game changer. When like people lift heavy and like, Oh, you know, my form's not perfect. Like my low back moved a little bit. What if you couldn't move your low back at all? Like what if you had, you, you could only not move your low back at all? It'd be very different. And communicating that with them, educating that with them. And when people were still lifting, showing them how to do that and then re-adding the weight, people were doing like not even 10, not even 10% um, of what they were lifting before. Like most people going back to like the bar, body weight, five pounds, 10 pounds on the bar, barely. Because to maintain that small waist and that stability at the middle and then adding resistance on top of that, when you're used to being like this, when you're literally broken open, holding that together like that and then trying to lift, like, it's hard as fuck. And here's why my, my glutes started growing like crazy. And it's because my low back couldn't do it anymore. I told my low back, no, you're not doing this anymore. I made my hamstrings do it. I made my, my glutes do it. I made my glute needs do it. And that's how I got the hypertrophy because I'm making um, 
10 pounds seem like a hundred because I'm not depending on my low back, which is already very strong. I'm working on my hamstrings, which are used to be very, very weak. My glutes used to be very, very weak. When you take away the dependency, the real weaknesses are. Uh, Love it, man. Dude, this could have been a, a, a two hour conversation probably. I, I literally, <laughs> I literally asked you like seven or eight questions that I had written down. Um, so I actually am changing up my last question. I used to, I, you know, I asked before about like, you know, what are you reading right now? Like what's in, you know, what's the podcast that you're listening to? Yeah. Um, but so for me, like I'm really changing the depth of the conversations that I'm trying to have with people. Right. Because, um, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of podcasts out there that, uh, go surface level and don't really get into, I mean, we went pretty deep on some of this stuff today. It was awesome. Um, but, and I wish we could have got into it more, but like more about like the person that I'm talking to now, long story short, um, here's my question, man, big picture. What is the impact that you're hoping to make on the world? Like what list of things would let you know that you made a dent, you mm. know, for you, what mm. is that thing for you? Okay. it's a good question. Um, I was actually talking to Jordan about this. So we have a whole vision, man. Um, we want to get this system as deep as like in schools, like from as a kid, you're learning how to sit, how to actually get into your, your upper back, how to get into your glutes, how to keep stability at the middle. So PE class would be focused on this stuff. So that as an adult, you don't lose it because everyone's born with this shit that we're kind of getting back to with obviously some changes, because as I said, babies aren't strong. They're just really efficient. Um, we're trying to get it from the ground up so that you learn how to move this way going about your business. You look at someone like Conor McGregor. I talk about him all the time. Jordan talks about him all the time. There's a reason he's so damn dominant. I mean, just he has complete control over every single joint in his body. If you look at the way his body is stacked, he has exactly what I'm talking about. That tiny ass waist, big giant cobra lats and big upper back, huge glutes. Like when he moves, it's like, like he has that, he can really move. You know what I mean? Um, and we've been seeing other athletes that have that same posture. A lot of sprinters. Um, there's a, a few Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, I don't know, Wrestler, it's not wrestlers, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu martial artists, I guess was, is the word. I don't know what the, you know, the- You can call correct. them Jiu-Jitsu fighter, practitioner, any of that stuff kind of works. Okay, so I'll say yeah. practitioner. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a ton of different athletes in different sects of sport that we've been seeing that have this posture. And it's because they didn't lose it. We all had it, but we lost it. Um, so we're just trying to get back to that. But yeah, we, we, we want to get into schools. We want to do seminars. We want to give this to corporations. Uh, we want to go around the world and help, um, you know, third world countries that don't really have access to, to gyms and big giant box crunches and, you know, planet fitness and all that. Like we want to just be like, yo, here's this breath work and this shit you could do with just your body and nothing else. Like we, we, we have big ass plans, but like I said, we're taking our time because to do all that shit, we need research, we need money, we need an army, like we need a lot of shit. So we're just taking our time. Love it, dude. Love it. Crime, plug yourself, man. Where can people learn more about you? Where can people come and, and you know, seek you out? Get, you, do your whole plug system, man. Thank you. Thank you. So Instagram is Coach Chronic, C-O-A-C-H-K-R-O-N-I-C. Um, you can DM me there. Um, my podcast is the Chronic Lifestyle Podcast. Um, 
I'm going to be actually featuring this episode there too. Um, besides that, you can email me, coachchronic at chronic.fit. And uh, that, that's really it. Um, go ahead and plug your information too, man. Yeah, so you can you can follow me as well. I am uh, at Coach Cody Smith on Instagram. Uh, you can I got some gyms you can follow too, uh, at Virtuous Fitness Washington, and then uh, at Pacific Northwest Jiu Jitsu, who is currently shut down. Uh, but we're we're hanging in there. We're going to come back strong. It's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, Karan, or uh, uh, Karan, man, loved having you on the show today, and I appreciate you uh, having me on yours as well. Um, no dude, looking forward to hearing this go live. Hell yeah, for sure. Right, Thanks, man. Thank you. Chronic Lifestyles out. Peace, y'all. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show today. I know your time is valuable, and I appreciate every minute that you spent with me. If you're new to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe button and to give us a rating and review. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram where I post daily motivational content and free training and nutritional information. Lastly, if you've been listening to this for a while and you're thinking about working with me and my team, go ahead and email me at cody at virtuousfit.com. And I'll see you on the next episode.